All right, welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockney. Um, hope you guys took some time out of your busy schedule of uh, watching the uh, Antonio Brown video in his home gym. I, I hope you guys all uh, took some time out to uh, listen to this podcast. So I, I appreciate you guys for doing so. Um, if you know, you know, uh, as far as that video goes. But uh, yeah, actually got some pretty... Uh, pretty decent news this week. Uh, um, you know, I'm kind of ready for stuff to start ramping up. I've been doing, uh, these podcasts pretty much since, uh, the COVID lockdowns and there hasn't been as much news. It's been a lot of opinions and you're still going to get more opinions of course, but, um, now there's, you know, personnel moves, roster moves, even guys getting cut that I thought were starters, guys that are getting signed that could get good playing time. Um, yeah, a couple big things happened this week. So, uh, one of the main things that happened was Raiders brought in a new linebacker. Uh, they made a trade. Uh, they made a trade for Raekwon McMillan. And uh, Raekwon McMillan was a guy that, I, I got to be honest, when I first saw the uh, when I first saw what the transaction happened, right? Like the first uh, thing I was like, wow, I forgot about that guy, you know? Because I remember he was on my draft radar big time that year when he came out of Ohio State. I thought he was, you know, he was a pretty good athletic linebacker and stuff, but you know, he didn't really stick that well to in in Miami. He kind of got moved down the depth chart. Um, from what it sounds like, just from Miami fans, and take that with a grain of salt. You know, anytime a team loses a player, uh, you know, they they tend to downgrade him, while the other team that got him tends to upgrade him a little bit. Kind of look at him through rose colored glasses, and and you know, the team that let them go is like guy guy sucks get him out of here he's a bum you know so that's what they're saying and we're excited that we have him so uh we'll see we'll see what happens but Raekwon McMillan I, I find very 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 interesting because uh he um the Raiders have moved more towards a coverage unit at linebacker right like they they want to cover that's that's uh which I, I don't I don't hate that at all I I think that's uh I think that's good right it's a passing league your nickel package is on the or at least your uh yeah, your nickel package is on the field probably 70% of the time now. I know that number changes. I see different stats reporting that. But you want to still – you still got to stop the run, right? I mean, I I've, I prefer coverage over, over run defense. But at the end of the day, like, you know, if the Raiders want to be a serious contender, they're going to have to eventually, you know, one, win the division, which is a passing division, right? This division is not a running division. So they do want to build that corpse for the defense – but um, you don't want to stray away from just being able to be gashed by the run. Look at Green Bay last year, right? Green Bay had pretty good pass rush, uh, pretty good defensive line, and the Niners just blew the door off them in the hips in the NFC Championship game. Could not stop anything, right? Parting like the Red Sea. Uh, even Trent Richardson might have found some somewhere to go with the holes that they're creating in that uh, defensive line against the Packers. So it's. Uh, if you're looking here, if you're watching on YouTube, I am putting up from cover one at cover one, uh, just kind of some cutups that, uh, that he made from, uh, of Raekwon McMillan. It's a lot of run game stuff, right? Like he has a nose for the ball, um, really good run fits. And, uh, that's what the Raiders need. And, uh, now I, I will say there's a lot of pessimistic Raider fans and, uh, I, I can be one of them at times that say, so what do we just trade um you know the, the Raiders swapped a uh I believe they did a fourth and fifth round pick swap with Miami to get them so the Raiders now have Miami's fifth round pick and Miami has the Raiders fourth round pick in next draft but people are saying hey did 
we just pick up another Tahir Whitehead, right? Um, short answer, no, right? Uh, that didn't happen. Um, I don't think Raekwon McMillan's going to be a good pass coverage linebacker, and I don't anticipate him. You know, I, 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 he's on the field for first and second down. He's probably going to take some playing time away from Morrow, but he's gonna he's gonna just be there to stop the run on first and second down. And and to be bad in coverage is not being to hear Whitehead in coverage, right? That's like saying, is your quarterback good? He's like, nah, he's not that good. But is he Andrew Walter bad? You know what I mean? Is he Brock Osweiler bad? No. You know what I mean? Like there's there's bad and then there's there's to hear Whitehead bad in coverage. And I don't think Raekwon McMillan is that bad. Um also what people have to realize is I don't believe the Raiders are asking Raekwon McMillan to do what Tahir Whitehead was asked to do last year, right? Especially after Vontez Burfick was suspended, people often forget Tahir Whitehead was given the green dot, right? Kind of the captain of the defense, guy, guy that makes the calls, gets everyone in position. Um, McMillan's not going to be doing that. Kwiatkowski's got the green dot on his helmet. So McMillan, they're just going to ask him to, in the run game, stop the run. I, if he's on the field for pass coverage, then that's because somebody got hurt, right? It's because Nicholas Morrow got hurt, Littleton, Kwiatkowski got hurt or something, and, and injuries do happen. So it's still good to have, like, somewhat starting level depth because there wasn't a lot there. There was not a lot there um, as far as depth at linebacker. You – there were guys – I mean, there's kind of a battle, uh, a, the discourse I see amongst Raider Nation where you'll see – People saying like, man, like Javen White, look, like, like he's going to make this team. I'm one of those people. I, I still, I still think he's going to make this team. Although this transaction, I think, does hurt him. And uh, maybe he has looked that bad against the run, and that's not a shock if it is. Um, he's strictly a coverage guy, and um, you know, I, I, I think that what it really says a lot about is how bad is Tanner Muse like right now. I'm not saying how bad he is, but how is is he? Is he just not getting it at all? Vic Tafer's been reporting like he looks like he needs a map out there. Like he has no clue. Looks lost. Like he's wandering around a cave. You know what I mean? Like what the hell's going on? And uh, that doesn't feel like a good sign when um, the guy – and look, he's learning a new position. I get that. But so is Javen White, technically. So why is the undrafted free agent ahead of the third-round pick? And look, I, I think a lot of Raider Nation's kind of down – on, on Muse, I, most of, most of the tweets I saw <clears throat> weren't positive when he was selected, especially after those first two picks, right? Those first two picks in the third round, Lynn Bowden, Brian Edwards, really, really cool. Like kind of eye openers, like, wow. Okay. You know what I mean? Those are good picks. Then you end the, you end the third round. I think they, they got pretty far back in the third round. Uh, I remember them, tra- I want to say they traded back and, uh, and took Muse and I'm pretty sure they could have got him at the end of the draft. I'm pretty sure. Um, now, that would have been cool if Muse was just picked up linebacker like nothing. Like, man, I, I, this guy's got it, you know? Like, he's covering, he's he's doing all this stuff. And I remember Gruden was in a press conference saying, he did a lot of the stuff Isaiah Simmons did there. Which, okay, Isaiah Simmons also did a lot of the stuff that Isaiah Simmons did there. So, he doesn't have Isaiah Simmons next to him here, you know? And, and um, I understand that, again, they've drafted him for special teams. And for his athleticism. And he's a project. So, yeah, is he supposed to start right now? No. I, if Tanner Muse starts a game for the Raiders this year, it, it's gone real bad. And I'm adjusting my fantasy lineup to anybody who's playing the Raiders, if that's the case. 
kind of do that anyways. Sometimes I, I <laughs> last, last, uh, two decades have been rough, but Tanner Muse, that pick's not looking any better. And I don't, I don't want to be doom and gloom about it, but what's the end game here? He just ends up being rock Cartwright, Brendan Trawick. Like what, what is it? Is it just, you drafted a guy in third round, third round does not mean guaranteed starter, but the third round is not what the third round used to be. Gabe Jackson, right? You know what I mean? Guys like that, you find in the third round. I mean, granted, Reggie McKenzie used to miss a lot in those third rounds, but, you know, you get guys like Gabe Jackson in the third and and uh, and other guys like that. Like, a lot of teams find good starters in the third round. Fred Warner, um, Jordan Phillips, guys like that. In the last couple of years. And they're not all going to be that way, but you want to at least have the guy understand how to play football and, and be able to step in sooner rather than later. And we, we can't count on that this year with Tanner Muse. And that's uh, it's a little alarming, um, especially because, look, we upgraded the, – the, the Raiders upgraded their two main linebacker positions, right? They upgraded that. Great. No complaints there. An injury happens to either one of those guys, and I'm sorry, playing linebacker is a very physical position, and it's bound to happen. Um, there's not a lot behind it. So when you bring in a guy like Raekwon McMillan, at least he started games, right? This defense is young. This defense is new. There's a lot of uh, movement that went on am- among the team. Like it's 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 there a lot of players that were you know taken out, like Warley, Whitehead, Perfect. Um, you know, Abrams back, but you, you you don't you didn't have a lot of guys that were there last year, right? Got a new starting corner most likely. I'll get to that a little bit later, but this defense is gonna need some. You can't rely too much on the young guys. Um, and Raquan McMillan's very young. I think he's only 24, but he has played in this league. So um, don't expect too much of him, but I, I think it's going to come in handy on early downs um, when teams try to – because if the Raiders show that they're a good coverage unit early or at least better than they have been, teams might switch it up and say, hey, let's run the ball against these guys. They look a little light in the pants. You know what I mean? They don't have the biggest guys. They, they want to play coverage. We'll run the ball at them. So you want to be able to have a guy like Raquan McMillan back there who can, who can get it done. Um, you know, fill in the gaps and stuff because I think we're taking that for granted because the Raiders were decent stopping the run last year. Um, that's not necessarily going to be the case this year. And it's a trade-off you, you're willing to make, but you don't want to get gashed, right? You just don't want to get gashed. Um, nonetheless, I do like the way they're still trying to get guys that can cover um, because look at the division. You're playing the Chiefs. Um, the Broncos are definitely going to be throwing the ball a lot more this year, I would think. Um, and the chargers like to run the ball, but uh, you know, especially with their, with their quarterbacks, but, um, their offensive line doesn't scare me that much. So I, I, I do think they're still going to have to throw the ball a lot too. So they are doing it to win the division, but I do still want a run stuffer at linebacker, um, at least on the roster, even if he's not starting or even if he's not getting significant playing time and never sees a third down, totally fine with me. So also, uh, big news today, today, this, this one caught me off guard. Um, some people have been talking about it. Some people guessed it. Um, I, 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 uh, I'll give them credit for that one. Cause I did not see this coming. And, uh, the Raiders released Prince Amukamara and that one, that one caught me off guard. I was not ready for that. You'll, you'll see it here. He, he uh, Tom Pelissero reporting Raiders have released cornerback Prince Amukamara and, uh, okay. Here's the bad. Um, Oh, no, I'm sorry. Here's the good. I'll, I'll start with the good. So Prince getting released, uh, one, it, it, it could mean he sucks, but 
you know, I, I don't think so. I don't think he's terrible. Um, if you guys will remember that BD Williams was on here on this, uh, on this podcast saying that because I asked him about Prince of Mukamara because he had an interesting thread when they got signed when they signed Prince and everybody seemed to be kind of like oh okay there's a name I remember but uh BD was showing some technical issues that he had in the scheme that the Raiders play you know and and uh maybe those came to be you know maybe those came to light in camp and they were just like ah you know this isn't this isn't what we thought we were getting or we're not able to fix these right um but I, I thought he was a veteran that was going to be able to just in case the young guys, just like this guy right here, Damon Arnett, just in case he wasn't ready to go right away in this off season where it's going to be tough to pick up a defense just like that. You know, you're not, you're not able to um, really have meetings, like watch hard knocks, man. Those guys don't even like meet with each other. Gruden's talking about um, he just met Corey Littleton, like on the damn near the scrimmage. So it's, it's, I thought maybe Prince was just kind of insurance for Arnett, which is totally fine. Um, but them just cutting him is, is crazy to me. Because, um, like I said, if we want to look at this as a glass half full thing, maybe that means the young guys are just showing out in camp because we don't know. We don't, we, we don't have preseason. We don't know. We're just going off of beat writers, and, and even they don't have the access that they normally do. But maybe Isaiah Johnson's having just a great camp. And maybe uh, Keyshawn Nixon's taking that next step. People forget about Keyshawn Nixon. He had a great preseason last year, and uh, he didn't see the field a whole lot last year. But I, I don't remember hating him. I'll tell you that much. Like he, he, uh, he might be taking that next step too, right? And maybe they just said, "Look, man, we're going young." Right now, you're seeing, uh, you're seeing a lot of these guys that are young now. They are Gruden's guys, right? These are the guys that came up, drafted while Gruden was here. This isn't Reggie McKenzie's guys. These are his guys. Maybe he feels more comfortable starting him. Maybe he liked the, what he got out of his draft class last year and said, okay, let's do it again this year. All right, Mike, let's see if you struck gold again. And Arnett, by, it sounds like they're really happy with him. Um, the highlights you see from camp, they, he looks great. He fits the system like a glove. Um, again, watch the episode with BD Williams um, and watch uh, Tape Don't Lie. They did a great, great breakdown of uh, – of, um, Arnett and uh, even just some of the practice footage and stuff and some of his rep, some of his good uh, tape from Ohio state, some of his bad tape, but um, it looks like it's going well so far, which is great. And uh, what's, what's, what I found was very interesting about this was the uh, just the fact that Gruden is just depending on young players just in general. And how can you, how can you even like have expected that from Gruden? Even the people that predicted Prince would be cut because again, there was the video and I, and I'll put it up right now of Hunter Renfro. Um, and you know, this to me said more about Renfro than it did Prince. I don't know. I know some people, people really broke this one down. This one really stuck out to a lot of the film people, um, about it. There were a lot of like super hot takes ab about it, but, um, this is, uh, this is from Ryan Hurst, put this video up here. But uh, yeah, look at Hunter. Broke him down. Boom. Not even in the frame. Prince couldn't even make the gif. You only saw the back of his jersey and he's gone. So like, I don't know. Some people make the joke. Is this what did it? But it's like, hey, maybe that was the good footage. Maybe Prince was just getting torched and we didn't see half of it. Like I, I could see that too. But Gruden leaning on these young guys is so interesting. Like last year, Trayvon Mullen didn't start till week seven. I mean, he saw the field a little bit, but he didn't start until until almost halfway through the season. And and I 
we all thought like he should have played a little bit earlier, but um, I guess this year, I'm, maybe it's the Vegas thing. Maybe, maybe the rebuild is over in their eyes, right? The rebuild's over when you start winning, but the rebuild in their eyes might be over and it's like, Hey, let's go. It's go time. You know what I mean? Best player wins. Um, Isaiah Johnson, it looks like he was having a good camp. He was having a great camp last year before he broke that uh, bone in his face, but maybe he looks, maybe he looks good this year. And, uh, like I said, I, I'm okay with no preseason, but it does make predicting stuff like this really tough, right? I'm not doing a 53-man roster prediction. I won't do it. I was going to if we had preseason and maybe a little more access to training camp. I was going to give it a go, but, man, what's what's the point? But this young secondary, man, I'm going to go a little pessimist right here. I love the upside of them. I think they this has a very good chance of being a lockdown secondary one day. Very good. Right now, I'm a bit concerned. You are depending on, and I have the stat here from our good friend, good friend of the program, Josh Dubow. Um, he said, and let me pull it up here. He had a, a, an interesting tweet about it. Josh always has the uh, the best stats that like you'd never, ever think of. But he says, Josh Dubow says, with Lawson out week one, people forget Nevin Lawson suspended too for the first two games. Mullen would be the only outside CB that that game. I'm sorry. I'll, let me start this over. With Lawson out week one, Mullen would be the only outside CB that game who started even one game in the NFL. <laughs> so yeah, Trayvon Trayvon Mullen has ten starts in his career, and he would be the only corner that started. Right, Amik Robertson hasn't played. Keyshawn Nixon has hasn't started. Damon Arnett is a rookie. And uh, so we're asking a lot. And in an offseason where you didn't get that much, that much work, um, not the work that you should be getting. And look, all teams have this. So this isn't just a Raider thing. This isn't, you know, anything like that. But a lot of teams are, don't have this young of a secondary, at least, uh, at least not like this young. And that's a bit scary to me, um, especially early. You know, early, I, as talented as I think these guys are, there might still be blown coverage just from communication. Um, one thing I also worry about the secondary is, uh, they're feisty, which, which we do love, but you know, maybe that could lead to a lot of penalties too. And and you'd like to have that veteran in there and not all veterans are disciplined, but you'd like to have that veteran in there to kind of reel them in a little bit. And Lawson's a veteran, but he, he can't even play the first two games and I'm not really too interested in watching him play either. So, um, yeah, I, I found this fascinating this morning because I saw people predicting it and I kind of was like, no, what are you talking about? And, and they were right. And, I, and I'm, I'm intrigued because it's good. I do think for Gruden to let go of veterans, the young guys got to be real good right away because this didn't even happen last year. So it, it makes you think. It makes you think if Isaiah Johnson maybe he's just been lights out. Arnett, Arnett, probably, you know, these guys, I, when I say lights out, I just mean good enough to really stand out to cut veterans. And uh, maybe that is a good sign. I'm just, I'm just concerned early about the communication of this defense. And uh, I, I do think, I do think there's going to be a bit of a learning curve and I, I, yeah, it, it, I, I could see it being, I could see it being a little bit tough early. And um, now with that being said, I do think that, this offense is going to take off early too. Talked about it with Marcus Johnson a couple episodes ago. 
but this this offense, I'm I'm in. I'm in. And a lot of it is from Brian Edwards. Right? Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. With Henry with Henry Ruggs, it's very interesting. I, I people have been posting this and they've uh they've been saying stuff like, okay, Brian Edwards is gonna be the number one receiver for this team, and Henry Ruggs is gonna be just that deep threat, you know. Like I made the analogy to like Brian Edwards is that just that that car, that dependable car that you take everywhere or that truck that you can pick up anything, tow anything with, you know what I mean? Uh, not flashy, not going to get you the girls and stuff like that. But Henry Ruggs is the one you take out on the weekends, right? The Ferrari. You don't take it out all the time. You know what I mean? You got to put the cover on over it and stuff like that. A lot of times you might just be a decoy. Um, but I'm interested in, in, in thinking in the, in, in people's eyes where they think Brian Edwards is going to be a number one right receiver right away. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm interested in that. I, I think it's uh, like Mike, Mike Renner. He, he wrote an interesting piece and by interesting, I mean, kind of, kind of a hater, honestly. Uh, uh, PFF is um, PFF is very polarizing. I, I do look at their data a little bit. I, I use their grades just a little bit, um, but I do find them interesting the way they talk about the Raiders. And, and look, the Raiders haven't been good. So it's, it's tough to, it's kind of tough to say that he's wrong per se, but there is a, a very, and I'll, I'll show it to you for the, for the viewers at home. I will put it up right now. Uh, yeah, here's the article. So it's by Mike Renner. Um, he does the uh, two for one drafts podcast with Austin Gale. Um, a lot of Raider fans will probably know Austin Gale. Um, but so I found this fascinating to me. Um, so he says the wide receiver position is arguably the most difficult. I am not signing up for PFF premium. Get out of my face. But, uh, the wide receiver position has arguably been the most difficult to scout over the past half decade. Recently, first rounds have been littered with bus as just throwing darts could have netted you equivalent returns at the NFL as a whole. So there he's basically saying it's an introduction. He says, this is, brings up the evaluation of Brian Edwards. So he's saying that um, 36 of Brian Edwards, 71 receptions came on screen passes and 10 of his 15 broken tackles came on those screen receptions. At the same time, he hauled in only eight of the 23 passes that were thrown to him 15 plus yards downfield, though that was often no fault of his own a South Carolina quarterbacks, Combined for a 60 passing grade. If you know anything about PFF passing grades, 60 is fucking garbage. So it's weird. I, I, I do find this. And, and Brian, or I'm sorry, I listened to the podcast uh, where Mike Renner was talking about this. And he, he was kind of saying some stuff where he wasn't very good at beating press, kind of, and didn't have, like, creativity in his moves uh, to, to win at the line of scrimmage, which I, it's not what I've heard from literally anybody else. And I, I found that very interesting. But what I found funny is like just Mike Renner bringing up those stats and he wants to say, okay, uh, you know, he did, he only caught this much and a lot of it was screen passes. He only broke this many tackles and a lot of them were on screen passes and his quarterback stunk. Yeah, no shit. That's why he caught a lot of screen passes. I've seen a lot of tape where maybe he's not the target on the player. Maybe the throw didn't get made, but he's beating, he's winning and he's winning with speed and and winning with by being creative and crafty off the line of scrimmage um now i do think it is fair what mike renner saying about brian edwards like 
temper your expectations. I don't know if he's going to get 1,000 yards his rookie year. I don't know if we're going to see a DK Metcalf rookie year out of him. And that's okay. Maybe, maybe you get just like, you know, seven, six, 700 yards out of him and um, some contested cat, great contested catches in the red zone. Um, I still think they're going to spread the ball out pretty evenly. So this brings to my next point. People say Henry Ruggs or Brian Edwards, who's going to be the number one wide receiver. Uh, my answer is C, Darren Waller. Darren Waller is a beast. And I find myself not forgetting about him. You don't forget about Darren Waller. He's probably the one of the most explosive guys on the team. We'll see what happens with Henry Ruggs. But um, Darren Waller is so good. You hear people talk about him, like Foster Moreau. And he's just saying, like, man, you just don't realize how fast Darren Waller is. Like, And he's so big. And I still think Carr's going to lean heavy on Waller and Renfro, especially early. These two rookie receivers with, with Tyrell Williams, right? This is a good time to talk about this, too. Tyrell Williams tore his labrum. And to me, I thought Tyrell Williams was poised for a nice, nice year if he was healthy. I was like, man, I, I like the way he played last year. Not entirely. I understand he got beat by some DBs on contested catches. I understand that he's not the you know, most explosive guy. But I thought he played pretty well, and I thought he had a nose for the end zone. So I was excited about that. But now, like I was talking about the secondary, you have two rookie wide receivers and, and Edwards might not start, right? You know, like it, it, he might not start right away, but I, I don't see Carr looking to them early. You know what I mean? Not, not as like security blankets, the way he looks at Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. And by all, you know, accounts of training camp and the stuff we've been told, they both look great. Darren Waller is the number one wide receiver, number one receiver, not wide receiver, but receiver on this team until proven otherwise. Um, he, he's a monster. And Gruden knows what he's doing with the tight end in the offense. Jared Cook looked incredible with this team. I thought Jared, I thought Jared, well, incredible is a little strong, but I thought he looked really good um, with this team. I thought Gruden did, a, did some really fun things to get him open, let him use his speed. Waller's a similar type of player, better in my opinion, but I, I, I see Carr going to him early and often. And uh, I don't – I think it's going to be tough for a Raiders rookie receiver to have 1,000 yards. And that's fine. That's not – it doesn't have to be like Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, guys like that. Uh, Raiders are still going to run the ball a lot. They're still going to do – they're going to work the tight ends a lot. we got a million of them. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think – I think we need to stop worrying about whether Ruggs or Edwards is going to be, oh, man, who's going to be the number one? Oh, man, you know, like C.D. Lamb's doing this in Dallas and Jerry Judy's doing this in Denver. Like, did we draft the wrong guy? And it's like, man, we're, Gruden is obviously trying to copy the Chiefs with a bit more of a run, you know, with a better run game, honestly, and one that they lean on. But I, I don't think it matters. I think they're going to distribute the ball equally. And I think Waller's in for a, like a Pro Bowl All Pro season. I don't see why not. So um, again, let the rookies be rookies. Let Rugs, let Edwards develop. Um, I brought up the Mike Renner thing because I just thought it was funny. I always, I always think they have such a such a negative view. Like they always hate the Raiders draft. They like hate, they hated last year's draft by the Raiders. And and I mean, I think it was good. I mean, I, I I'm very very critical of Cleveland Furl, but you know, I it's. Other than that, I, I thought they were pretty good. So 
Next thing I want to talk about, and I'm, this one, th- this one sticking out to me is what is the weakest roster spot on this team? And when I say weakest, I don't necessarily mean for the for the um, for the season uh, that's actually being played. Like right now, I just mean at the end of the season when it's done. What do you think we're gonna be? What do you think we're gonna be like? All right, in the draft, I'm. This is what we need. You know, what I mean, the number one thing for me, I think it's defensive end, defensive line as a whole. I think a little bit, but. Defensive end. I think I think the interior defensive line is going to do some nice things this year, especially under Rod Marinelli. Maybe the ends might too. But defensive end is the way this team has constructed defensive end is so weird to me. And I want to tie this into you know the Yannick trade and and uh, Yannick Ngakwe and uh, Clowney still being a free agent. Now. This defensive line is, is so weird. And, and everybody, including me, has wanted them to bring in either a veteran edge or trade for Yannick, something. We all agreed we need something. But people keep forgetting that Carl Nassib is making, over the next two years, $16 million da- guaranteed. And it's not looking great at training camp for him. Uh, Vic Tafer reported, you sometimes see him with the second team getting reps and and that's not uh that's not what we want to see <laughs> with Carl Nassib like I I don't know and I, I'm not again I'm not a film expert I usually bring film experts on to maybe see if I'm right or wrong on certain uh uh suspicions that I have but Carl Nassib to me just seems like Cleland Furl. like you just like man I love Cleland how do we clone him and yeah maybe he's got a little more upside maybe maybe he's a little more polished now a um, little more, I, I guess, a little explosive. I don't know, but what that ha- that signing happened really early in free agency. It was one of the first few, and it's like, what what did Mayock see that was like, man, I I gotta lock this guy down before the rest of the league has has a chance at him? Because I again, I don't know. I don't know that he would have got this money from anybody else, man. Like, I, I don't know. It, it was weird at the time, and I, but I thought they weren't done. I was like, okay, they're going to bring in, you know, somebody else, somebody, somebody a little more explosive. But this third down package, it's like you almost have to play him, too, with the third down package. Like, I, I'm seeing a lot of people saying, and I've been asking around, you'll see a lot of people saying that he's going to be massive on third down, Furl inside, Collins, and Crosby. And I hate that. Like I hate that third down package, you know. Like I, you, again, I'm I'm an Arden Key truther. I think Arden Key is going to be a monster this year. Um, not a monster, but I just think compared to his, his last seasons, I think this is his breakout year. I think he gets a lot of pressure, and I think he finishes a lot more plays. But it's like, is that going to be the reason that um, Arden Key doesn't see the field? Is because they're tied up to Nassive, like like Joiner? You know what I mean? Like if, if how the Raiders have been forcing joiner in there because he's because of his money and this this the way they've constructed this these defensive ends i i just don't get it now look i knew they weren't going to get yannick in, in gawkway i i just it didn't didn't seem right it didn't seem right to pay yannick the the money that you were going to pay khalil mack because at that point you just pay khalil mack like that's it didn't seem right. I don't think Yannick's nearly as good as Khalil Mack. I don't think that's a hot take or anything. And I don't think John Gruden wants to trade huge assets 
And you look, they, they did it for, I think, a second or something like that in a conditional third, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have it in front of me right now, but um, the Vikings did, I'm saying, for Yannick. But the thing I found as just something, I, I just didn't see Gruden or Mayock really doing that. Um, you know, we, there's always a debate on who, let's just say it's Mayock, right? That's that's completely in charge. I just, I never saw that happening. But not bringing in a veteran edge, just a guy like, you know, remember Freeney, right? Like when Dwight Freeney and uh, all the guys with the, I believe Freeney was with uh, Denver. You know I mean? He made a real impact there. And just bringing in a guy who just on third down can pin his ears back, limit his reps, let him do what he does best. We didn't do that this year. Brought in Carl Nassib, who's young. Um, he's athletic and and has has been productive, but not in the way that you'd want to. Not what he's going to be paid to do. Because if you think Furl is as good as the fourth overall pick, right, as the as the draft pick you spent on him, you're not necessarily trying to replace his pass rush, right? Or you're not you're not trying to clone him, right? Like you 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 think Furl's going to eventually be the pass rusher, right? You're not trying to clone what he was last year. And to me, that's kind of Nassib, right? Nassib is just what Furl was, and it's it's like, you know, Everson Griffin, you know, and guys got to want to come here. I'm not saying that they didn't reach out to any of these guys, didn't try it at all, but guys like Everson Griffin and guys like that is just somebody I wanted to see on this team, and I'm not, I'm not super happy with, with the way the defensive line is constructed, and I'd feel a lot better about this secondary if there was going to be more pressure and. I think the secondary, like I said last episode, coverage does lead to more sacks and more pressures, but, you know, that's asking a lot out of this young secondary. So I, I do have my concerns about this defense. So it's, uh, it's something. And Clowney. I don't think Jadavian Clowney is going to take $4 million, right? I, the Raiders have about $4 million in cap space right now. So depending on who they cut or if they can get a trade going, maybe they trade Gabe Jackson – but again, I, it just doesn't seem like that's happening. It seems like they're fine with what they have on the defensive line. And they just think Rod Marinelli is going to – Rod will make it work, right? You know what I mean? Rod will, Rod will make it happen. And that's asking a lot. That's asking a lot. Like, this offense is going to have to score a lot of points this year. And, and why shouldn't it, right? If Carr, if Carr is going to take that next step, it's got to be this year, right? If Carr's going to get back to what he was in 2016, and I've, I've seen people say, like Vic Tafer saying, it, it, this offense is going to be more explosive than it was in 2016. But, man, this defense kind of scares me, right? I like the new linebackers. I like the young DBs. I don't like the defensive ends that much. I like Crosby. I can't say I, I, can't say I don't. But we're at 10 sacks. If you look at that 10 sacks under a microscope last year, it was a bit different. And, I, and look – Crosby's the guy you can't critique. Josh Jacobs, you can't critique. Like, I, I understand. At Raider Nation, when somebody doesn't isn't a complete dumpster fire, we tend to really, really cling on to them. Like, no one's allowed to make fun of them. But with Max Crosby, it's like, we can't assume that he's going to be an all-pro pass rusher. That's just not good to, to think that. It's a fourth-round pick last year. He was brought in as a project, as a, as a raw athlete with great measurables, um, great motor, never quits. Everyone knew that and showed up last year. But he had four sacks against the Bengals, right? Terrible offensive line and Ryan Finley, right? And then 
he had, you know, beat up on the Chargers tackles. But when he went up against Taylor Lewan and uh, Laramie Tunsil, it was ugly. It was really ugly. So you're asking Crosby to basically be J.J. Watt, you know, prime J.J. Watt, like prime Von Miller, just have that type of impact or else what the hell else is, this, is are these edge rushers, you know? Again, my guy Arden Key, I think he's going to pop up. I think he's going to do some good shit this year. But we're asking a lot out of Max Crosby, and we're just assuming Cleveland Furl takes a huge step forward. And 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 then Nassib, right? What is the what do you do with Nassib? It's not like anyone can really take his job either. Yeah, you have Arden Key, but like, and I and I do think the Raiders are excited about him. But there's not even some young guy behind him or some veteran that's having the great camp behind him. So I'm a bit I'm a bit concerned about that. I'm I'm a bit concerned. I thought for sure there was going to be some kind of some kind of late veteran thing, and there still can be. They still can bring in somebody, right? But camp's almost over. So anybody you bring in is just going to have to pick this shit up right away. So um, very, very odd that uh, that Gruden doesn't that that Gruden or Gunther or whoever is just like, look, this is what we have and we're excited about it. And and uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's uh, I think that's still to me at the end of the year. Even if the Raiders have a really good year this year, and I, I think they're going to be a decent team, um, even if. They think they have it all set up. I still think at the end of the year, we're all going to be like, man, we need to get better pass rush on the outside. Because again, I think Collins, Hurst, I, I think they're going to get good pressure on, on the inside. Better pressure, I should say. So again, um, so I, just before I get out, I, I, I want to talk about one thing. Are there going to be any more surprise cuts on the team? Any more surprise cuts? Um, again, I've we don't have the access or preseason or anything to really evaluate. So these are all guesses shots in the dark. Um, one, I think J- Javen white might be, might be cut. Unfortunately. Um, I think the McMillan signing was a good one and probably, probably better in hindsight, but I think Javen White's spot might not be safe. Um, again, he's better than Tanner muse from all reports I've seen, but third round draft pick undrafted free agent, so I could see that happening. And that's not really a surprise, but people are really excited about Javen White, me, me being one of those people. One thing that I saw going around was uh, Theo Riddick. Uh, they brought in Theo Riddick, right, uh, um, last week. And I, I said, I think he's here to help Lynn Bowden, right? That way Jalen Richard can focus on being Jalen Richard and not necessarily helping the guy that might be here to take his job next year, Lynn Bowden, right? So... I thought they brought in Theo Riddick for that reason. Some people think that Theo Riddick is going to take Jalen Richard's job. Jalen Richard will be cut, and I do not see that at all. I think Gruden loves Jalen Richard. I think Richard is seen as kind of like a Charlie Garner type, you know, guy you can throw the ball to. Um, they lean on him big time in the two minute offense, and I and he again, if unless Jacobs has taken a huge step in pass protection. I don't think there's a better pass protector on this team than Jalen Richard. Theo Riddick's a very good pass protector, but come on. Really? We, we really think that Theo Riddick is going to take Jalen Richard after Gruden already thought he was worth a new deal, right? Gruden and Mayock. 
they already thought he was worth a new deal. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see them moving on from him. But I'm trying to think of, uh, of another cut that could be made on this team, and, and I'm not seeing it that would, that would really just shock anybody. Wide receiver still up up there, you know, the Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar. Um, but with Tyrell Williams having the labrum, I'm wondering if maybe they keep just one extra receiver. I've always thought they they that once Gruden knows he has quality receivers, he's going to hold on to them and keep them right. Um, but I'm to me, it's like cut Jason Witten. <laughs> How about that? Why is he on this? I still can't figure out why he's on this team. Look, I know why he's for, for be a veteran leader, but. They're talking about in practice. They're saying cars working with Jason Witten heavy and, and stuff like that. And it's like, look, if Prince of Mukamara can get cut, why can't Jason Witten? I'm not saying he is going to, but man, if Gruden's going with the young guys, there's nothing that Jason Witten does on this team that Foster Moreau and Darren Waller can't do. So why can't Jason Witten be the surprise cut on this team? So um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it does because I, I just don't want to waste a roster spot and $4 million on a guy who's the third tight end. I hope he's not the second. So, yeah, I, that, that's something I could see happening. Um, I, I could, I could see, I could see them maybe doing it, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, it's more hoping than seeing. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see. And then also I, I was thinking about the other day, who is going to be, the fantasy football superstar on the Raiders. Fantasy football. Just had my fantasy draft. Um, only got Henry Ruggs as a Raider. Um, got a lot of other AFC West rivals. Some may call me a hater. I like to win. Um, I'd like to let the Raiders uh, disappoint me only on TV on Sundays rather than in my fantasy lineup as well. So, <laughs> um, But Darren Waller versus Josh Jacobs. I wonder who has a better year as far as rankings, right? So is Josh Jacobs going to be the better running back in fantasy over Darren Waller in his tight end group? And I think it's Waller. Running backs are crazy in fantasy, right? Like Christian McCaffrey is going to be probably the number one, you know, Kamara, if he gets his new deal, um, guys like that. Darren Waller, I, I think he's the third. He's, he's probably going to be the third best in the league. Maybe with Ertz, as far as fantasy value, Ertz has a good nose for the red zone. But if Darren Waller gets his red zone numbers up, I think you're looking at a fantasy superstar this year. He was already good last year, but um, he went, I believe, in the sixth round in my draft, uh, which, hey, I mean, he was undrafted last year. But, the uh, yeah, he went, in the, he went in the sixth round in this year. And I, and I think – and Jacobs went, like, second round. Um, and I don't play with a lot of Raider fans, actually. It's actually I'm the only one. So I think Darren Waller is going to be the fantasy MVP of the Raiders this year. Um, and I think his line looks something like I got him at 1100 yards around there. Um, seven touchdowns. Yeah, let's go with seven. And uh, I think he's going to catch around 85 to 90 balls. So I, I think he's going to have huge explosive plays, just like that screen pass that he did against Denver last year wonderful play um took it almost took it from what like the four yard line to the house so um yeah that was that was something i, I was thinking about so i i think darren waller is going to be the the number one the number one fantasy guy on the raiders this year 
And I, I was, I would always assume it was Jacobs, but it's Walt. So yeah, I, um, next week I'm, I'm going to have, uh, Marcus Johnson join me, uh, for next, next week, we're going to do a division preview. So a little different, right? Like we're going to go over, you know, the final roster, I, I believe it Saturday is when they make the cuts. So maybe we'll record after that. So we'll talk about the cuts and then we'll do a division preview. Um, and uh, Carolina, get, get into Carolina, like what they are. Carolina's got a brand new team. Carolina's defense, brand new. Coach, brand new. Offensive coordinator, brand new. Quarterback, brand new. So what can we expect from Carolina? So that's going to be next week. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Glenn Rockney, G-L-E-N-R-O-C-K-N-E-Y. And uh, this is Rock Vegas. I have another podcast called Rare Candy, a little more politics, social commentary. Um, please feel free to check that out. If you subscribe to this YouTube channel, the Rare Candy YouTube channel, you will see all those episodes as well. Um, thanks to everybody who's been uh, you know, interacting with me on these episodes. It is nice to know that people listen. Um, if you like this, please retweet it on Twitter. Uh, just, just tell a friend. You know what I mean? We all know a Raider fan. I know we're, unless you're you know, isolated somewhere where you're the only Raider fan. Um, in that case, I'm happy to cater to you with some content, but if you, uh, if you know anybody that that's looking for Raiders content and, uh, you know, I try not to be the echo chamber that everybody else, you know, kind of sometimes is uh, not everybody, but, you know, I try to do things a little bit different than other people talk about different things. So therefore we're not all echoing each other, but, uh, check it, check, uh, you know, if this is your first time listening, uh, I hope to see you again next week. So, uh, thanks again, guys. I appreciate it.